Hello, everyone. I'm Kari. Hello, everyone. I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. back another week another episode of csi talk before we get into today's episode just want to let you all know that this is a safe space for you so whenever you want to come here just to shut up the world after we had a crazy day we're here for you last night's episode was a pretty emotional one it was a bow centric episode really emotional if you ask me that's why i didn't do any reactions although my name is on Twitter, in a CSI reaction world, I haven't done any reactions because it was a pretty emotional episode, guys. It was. Really emotional. Oh, but we're recording this on the Friday the 13th. So, well, quite fitting, actually. If you listen, you know, I'm recording this and it's rain season right now here on the Southern Hemisphere. So if you listen to any thunder, rain, not my fault. I'm mm-hmm. in the middle of the atmosphere river, which is just live in a rainy area. So I'm used to this. So last night's episode was called Trinket. Episode 11 of season two. So the, oh, so we're still expecting more episodes with that are centric in, that are character centric. We had Koala that was Penny and Catherine centric. We had two weeks ago, actually was Chris centric. Last week's episode, which was last night for us, was Bull centric. Somewhere down the line, we're going to get Max centric episode two because of a post Paula Newsom made a few weeks ago about a story she wanted to tell and Jason Tracy and his actor were totally in for it. So we're also expecting a Max centric episode two. So yeah. So the episode was called Trinket. And the episode begins with a black lady swearing up and down that her late husband was the one stealing the food that she was leaving behind and she calls this CSI to the scene and we find out that Bowie and Penny actually really like Ghostbusters and they hear a noise so Bowie and Penny they're thinking that maybe it's a raccoon but it's not a raccoon it's a little boy and that little boy has been hiding in this lady's house and they take him to the hospital. Josh shows up in the hospital and they decide to process the kid and they find out that his name is Michael because of a bracelet that he has. And Bo is super cute with this kid this episode. I mean, he's a father. He has kids. He has a little girl that is the same age as Michael. And they have to present him. He has a lot of sensitivity to light. So 
Bo and Josh, they have to kind of walk on eggshells to try and process this kid. And Bo closed the blinds so he, they can do it. And he sees a bracelet on the kid. And there's a little origami of a little dinosaur. Yeah, and he gives it to Michael for the bracelet. And at the end of the end of the episode, Michael gives the dinosaur back for the bracelet. Next scene is Max on her office with Allie and Josh. And they're talking about this little boy while Max is going through her mail. And Allie realizes that the killer apparently Ellie is the lead investigation the investigator on this case. So she realizes that the killer she's been chasing since far to Max because the postcard had the same writings that the other postcards had. I mean not the same writings, it was similar but probably meant something else. Yeah, he had Stone's deformity, which, you know, gives a little bit more t- more skin to one of his ears. And it's a recessive gene, I think. That's why Max says, I mean, it doesn't really do anything. It might help them find someone, maybe. And it actually does. Yeah. They... Okay, so... Coming back to the message, there is a brisk flashback while while Allie picks up the postcard, and the the flashback says that they had decoded a message or something, and it says, "Keep your secrets, call the, the rotten fruit." Call can mean two things. One of them is select from a large quantity, and the other is selective slaughter of animal. So, yeah, I think they decoded something, or the killer maybe left this message for them. Which mm-hmm. is... Well, so... They can't find the boy's fathers, but they do find the mother, who is a missing person. Her name is Kara. Say her name for my name. Kara. Let me say her name for my name. They realized that she was born, that he was born after he disappeared. So, Bo, Josh, and Penny, they are looking from where, from where Michael came from with the cadaver dogs. Man, Penny is definitely a grizzly. You know what? She is. She definitely is. I was talking to Malil. It's like, she is. I even Twittered at Sarah Gilbert. Like, okay, I just wanted to be the first to let you know that right now you're part of the Grissom family. Your name right now is Penny Grissom Gilbert. Okay. Your name is Penny Grissom Gill, and I take no criticism. No, Penny Gill Grissom. You truly are Grissom. Penny Gill Grissom. That sounds about right. Penny Gill. What? Why not? Penny Gill Grissom. Welcome to the Grissom family. Okay. 
I just knew it. I just knew it since I first saw her interaction with them on season one. I just, I knew it. She's a grissom. Oh, you know we don't know what happened in 98. Okay, shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and see it? Okay, it's, it's a wild. <laughs> it's a wild. Tornadian universe theory that me and Brie proposed one one time. Probably we said this a couple of episodes ago when we were reviewing season one or something like that. That maybe I don't know in the alternative universe, Sarah could have gotten pregnant from Grissom and she she might have been a daughter and the daughter could have turned out to be Penny because she would be at a, the right age. Because they've known each other since 98, right? September 98. Yeah, so. Well, but says that the bees could help them break the case. And Serena tells them the carrier was actually a runaway because she left a note. And it was like, regardless if she was a runaway, if she was a abductee, we need to find whatever happened to her. And they actually Maybe find her body yes. on the shallow and grave. Meanwhile, the grandparents are still local. Go to see the grandson. Yeah. Bo gets kind of protective. Max tells Bo he needs to decompress. He needs to compromise. Want her to separate things. There we go. That's it. Really, yeah, Steve. Max tells Bo that he needs to compartmentalize. He needs to separate both the parents from both from both the CSI, basically. Penny, she decides to do the same experiment that Grissom and Sarah did in immortality. The thing is, is that the experiment that Grissom and Sarah did, I realized that when I was rewatching the episode today. Grissom and Sarah did the same experiment in immortality, but their experiment took a longer time. Well, it's not the exact same experiment. Well, yeah, it was not the exact same experiment. I mean, it would have been faster if they tried to locate the beehives and got the honey, you know, and yeah, it would have been probably faster. Okay. Okay. Wild thoughts right now. Do you think that Grissom knew that they could have done this experiment a lot faster? Because, I mean, he is an entomologist. Yeah. But he chose to do the, this experiment on, this, on the slow way just to be but close also, to Sarah. Things, things have changed in the past seven years. Okay. Okay, I know, but technically, they're still using the, this. Okay, technically, it is the same. It, 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 technically, it is the same experiment. They they would have done the same thing. No, they would have separated the hands. It's still it's still a little bit different. It's not exactly the same. Well, yeah, but and with every if okay, any variable so change in the experiment, it can make. It can make the process shorter or longer. 
I think Grissom knew that he could have made they could have made the process shorter if he wanted to because he is an entomologist. He never stopped being an entomologist because he stopped being a CSI for a period of time. I think he knew that he could have done the shorter way with with Sarah, but he decided to do the longer way just to be with her for a while. I mean, at that point in time, he didn't know that they would be back together again. So, I mean, he he could have chosen to be with her just for a little while if that's all he got. Well, just, okay, coming back to CSI. So, they do find Akira's body. Okay, so, dude, Sonia, my girl, she was having a, she was having a day. She was having a day, and you know what? I think Jack's presence there would have probably lightened the mood a bit, or maybe he could have helped. I would I think it would have probably be better. He would try to make a to... Yeah, because it's hard enough. It was hard enough for us as as viewers. I mean, as as women looking at that, listen to. Sonia tell Josh and Max what happened to Takara because we are used to those victims being women and some of them suffering horrible deaths in the hands of men. But I mean, when it comes to women and children, but in this particular episode, like how this character suffered is just. What I'm trying to say is that when we, when we believe women that have been, that had gone through sexual assault, and that's exactly what happened to Kara, Sonia does say that she found scar tissue and she realized that the victim had been sexually assaulted for years. When she was held captive and she got pregnant and she got pregnant again and she had already given birth, but not in a hospital. And it's just really, really upsetting, you know. And also, she just gave forth in three months, three months ago again. Yeah, I mean, I did say that on Twitter. I did say that, Brie. I mean, when I say, I want to, like, let's amp up the gore. I never said, give me someone who was buried alive. Give me, give me a kid that was buried alive. Give me a woman that had that was held captive and also she was sexually assaulted for many years. I never meant that, okay? I just want to, like, amp up the gore. In, and now the case is starting to get to Matt. Yeah, the case was the case. I mean, I think Josh was pretty good in separating. Yeah, I think the only time we like so far from what we've seen since season one, he Josh has been pretty good at it. I just don't think that what would happen to Max when Max was attacked and he had to take the leadership because 
he wasn't senior to side at that point. Catherine was still in as a consultant. She wasn't actually a CSI. She was just consulted at that point. He was the senior CSI, so he had to take the lead. He was, it was hard for him to, to separate everything because Max was attacked. And Max and him, they have a very deep relationship. I'm thinking, I've said this before, but I'm thinking that by the end of the season, Something's going to happen to Ellie, which is going to make Josh lose it. Absolutely lose it. I think probably his relationship with Serena is not going to survive that. Because I think he's going to realize that he loves Ellie a lot more than he loves Serena. I think he, he, I think he does love Serena, but he loves Ellie more than he loves Serena. Yeah. And... So we go back to the lab. Allie's trying to do some testing on the ink. And in comes Captain like a child on Christmas. And we find out that Captain's favorite ice cream is coffee ice cream. And I've never had coffee ice cream, to be honest. And I love coffee. I've never had coffee ice cream. I haven't, but my, my parents have. Well, my mom mostly. And then Penny comes in with boxes of honey. Catherine calls from Penny, and Penny is trying to move the honey room when there's a bee sound, and Catherine tells her to go outside. After Catherine and Allie leave throughout one of the doors, Penny backs out going, oh, nervous singing, which I love, because I do nervous singing sometimes when I'm really nervous. <laughs> Hi, Lily. Sarah Gilman out there representing all of us for real, you know. So we're going. Translating that. So, Bo and Josh, they are processing the letter that was found that Kara had left to her mom. And they signed a lot of friends. And there were a lot of friends, but they processed the friend they call like amino acids, which will essentially clean the letter and then they will kind of put the letter under a microscope and change the lights to see which fingerprints are older. And they find her fingerprints and her boyfriend's fingerprints. And he's brought into questioning by Max and Serena, but he tells them that they were fake dating. They weren't actually girlfriend and boyfriend. He was gay and he couldn't come out yet. And she was in a relationship with an older guy. So he gives his DNA to see if he's the kid's father, which he's not. I mean, he doesn't have this tall deformative, so he can't was his beard. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I know most people should really know that lingo because we're on the 21st century. But for those who don't, so a beard is a heterosexual passing couple when one, both of them, actually, part of the Yeah, so, and. Ellie and Max, they were doing the test, the opportunity test between that Kara's boyfriend and Michael's when 
Bill comes in and he says something like, oh, the child psychiatrist said that Michael was ready to go home. And then Ellie's like, the psychiatrist. I can't see if the victims had the same psychiatrist. So Ellie decides to look for the victim psychiatrist. And these psychiatrists tells Catherine and Ellie that the writings they found on the postcards remind her of the Vonnie manuscript. And I did find something on it. Let me read that for you because not a lot of people know what they were talking about. The Vonnie manuscript is an illustrated, I'm, I'm reading this from the Wikipedia, by the way. The Vonnie manuscript is an illustrated codex handwritten now otherwise unknown writing system referred to as Vonnie. The vellum on which is, it is written has been carbon dated to the early 15th century and its stylistic analysis indicates it might have been composed in Italy during the Italian Renaissance. The origins, authorship, and purpose of the manuscript are debated. There is hypothesis that has been suggested, including that it is an otherwise unrecorded script for a natural language or a constructed language, an unread code, cipher, or other form of cryptography, or simply a meaningless hoax. Yeah, I don't think it is a meaningless hoax, but I mean, to each their own. This Smithsonian Channel did a great episode about this vintage manuscript, by the way. If you guys like to, to watch that. It's a country, she said that these postcards, the killings, it might be a game for the killer because people with antisocial personalities might find really funny the things that people on the social manner or People who are not antisocial, they would say that are macabre or something like that. So they, this is important because there's going to be a scene that it is important for us to remember. Go ahead. Michael, when Michael freaks out over a glass of water spilling. Yeah, there's an Easter egg. This is an Easter egg, a little Easter egg. But later on the but episode, what did we find out later? And now Penny nuts out on Catherine, and she they do the experiment and get to Penny explaining. Humans decompose. We release volatile organic compounds into the soil around us. Those volatile organic compounds are then absorbed by vegetation near the body as nutrients and then deposited into the pollen. The bee then takes that pollen and turns it into honey, preserving the VOCs in the process. So if there are VOCs in the honey sample, we know to look for cadavers near the corresponding pollen sources. Theoretically, bees can do in a few hours something. It takes cadaver dogs weeks to pinpoint. And we're back. And Serena tags and Bo after he comes back downstairs. Josh and Bo look through Cara's things. 
Bo wants to help the victims, but not use them as fuel, because Josh suggested that. And the stepdad is an expert in audiobook recording. Man, have I been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately. Basically nonstop since November. And Josh finds the your book. Hello, Mr. Robinson. It was an English teacher. And he has a soul's deformity. Catherine and Bo, Penny, get the sniffer dogs and find the baby. Baby, this was a really upsetting scene. I know we were texting about it. It was a really upsetting scene. Look, I've seen a lot of upsetting. We've seen a lot of upsetting scene on this franchise, but dude. It reminded me of Baby Cordelia. There was an episode, I, I can't remember the name of the episode. It might be Baby Cordelia, the name of the episode. It reminded me of Baby Cordelia. That episode in itself is really upsetting. Um, Ellie, she goes, she talks to the, to the doctor, to the uh, psychiatrist. Oh. And the psychiatrist tells Ellie that some of her files went missing from 10 years ago. Sonia didn't know how Michael's hand was peeling, and that's how they found the cause of death was suffocated to death in water. And the baby was a baby girl. The baby was so. the baby girl. Now, Allie with the psychiatrist. Yeah. We're both jumping around so much today. Yeah, because this episode was really emotional. So, Bo and Serena go, this, this sequence, it got me on, my, on the edge of my seat, because Bo and Serena, they go talk to Michael. And... Bo realizes that he could use the dinosaur to try and talk to Michael, you know, kind of, it reminded me the same way that the brass gives the doll to talk to that little girl and the squiggle, aka Bree's favorite serial killer in CSI history. So, Bo goes to the basement to look for it and he realizes, and he opens the dinosaur to check for the, the battery but the batteries had been corroded and had been corroded by water which is a bit suspicious and bull grabs his flashlight but you be like you realize that there is a bit of mold on the boxes yes. so he and during this sequence, reminding me of the post that CSI made earlier in the day. And it was a picture of the grandparents that said, do not talk to strangers. I think this, so whoever runs the CSI account is like, be like dropping hints about the episode a few hours before the episode airs. 
So yeah, so Bo he and gets then, into the to the recording booth and you realize that actually you cannot hear anything from outside of the booth. So when he comes out, he realizes that he can move the booth if he wants to because of the the wheels beneath the booth. And when he does that, he finds an apartment behind the booth. And then, and then he's he knows like, "Oh, that's that." Everything he um, then he knows stuff. what happened. Yes, and he knows exactly what happened, but he cannot prove it yet. Yes, and he also. He, they figured, Josh and Bo kind of figured out that Claire was protecting her son from watching her being raped by the grandpa, by the stepdad. Yeah. They find out that the pipe had actually been, something happened to the pipe. That's why there were water, and there was water in her lung. And... They tried oh, to claw was... their way out of the. They, uh, Bo finds out that the residue that they found on Kara and also on Michael's had come from the wall. After he completely loses his mind and breaks the wall open with a hammer. Yes. <laughs> it. It's a substance called rock wall, rock wall, which is soundproof. And then they take Mary and the dad, stepdad, Pete the step, step, is the stepdad's name, to be interviewed. Mary feigns complete innocence. Stepdad lies again. They run his DNA against the baby. They find out that he's the father of the 30-week-old. Mary spent eight years on vacation and knew that she knew what was going on the whole time. Michael speaks for the first time, asking for his bracelet back. He grabs Bo's hand as the grandmother gets carted off into prison. And then we go back to Allie, who finds doodles on paper, and Allie knows that the doctor has to answer some hard questions when she returns back from her speaking engagement. I think the killer is going to go after this doctor. What if the what if the doctor is the killer? Yeah, you know because a few episodes ago, when we see the killer on this white room and all that, we see them standing, and I thought that it looked like a woman or a very thin man, and of course. I'm going to say, Liz Dane, why do you have to become a serial killer? And for those of you who know, I mean, who don't know, she was in a show, a little show, and maybe not so little, called Gilbert. Well, she played a character on Liz Dane, who was the sister of Liz Dane, who Liz Dane was the main character. And Kari got into what you know her from, but you know her from, because I know you want to talk about it. I know her from Criminal Life, dude. <laughs> I've been watching Criminal Minds lately. Dad asked that question. He's like, is that the one who is the girlfriend of Keith Carradine's killer? Like, yes. She was. I know her as Liz Baines. And then we go back to the lab. 
Bo gives up. He doesn't give up. He just wants to be a lab rat. Not everybody's he wants close. to be a lab rat. He just doesn't want to be a CSN. You know what? This lab is always shorthanded. Every single time, you know, this lab is always shorthanded on something. Always. And we finally see Bo's, one of Bo's daughters. Yeah, how many kids does Bo have anyway? That's three? Or four? Two! Two? I thought he had more. Maybe it's because he has such a bad persona. Yeah. I mean, he did treat a Chris like his, his own. Yeah, and he gives yeah. his daughter the origami dinosaur that he made like. Well, guys, CSI Vegas returns seconds. Yeah, which means that next week's episode is going to be about what, Brie? If we all stop doing all this right, because we've messed up so many times recently. Sarah and Lady Heather. Yeah, we were supposed to do this episode two weeks ago, but then CSI came back. But yeah, we're going to talk about Sarah and Lady Heather, there's a lot to talk about them. So, yeah, this was this week's episode. This week, this episode was pretty damn emotional. We were I'm pretty sure some of us were expecting to see Greg, but he wasn't I there. Think the next episode. Uh, yeah, we've been saying that for like two weeks already. <laughs> but, but like I said, Gordon Bennett, this episode was so emotional. Thanks. I know, it's going to be well, maybe now they are, they are a one CSI store, maybe they probably in reinforcements, or I don't know. But they were shorter before, because Bo has not always been on, been a CSI. He just became a CSI. Yeah, well, so, yeah, this was this week's episode of CSI Vegas. Tune in next week for our first, you know, to debate about Lady Heather and Sarah. I'm not really a debate. I'm not really a debate. I mean, what I was just going to, to I mean, the both of them, they were crucial for each other's stories. Storylines throughout CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Mm-hmm. Oh, so thank you guys so much for listening to us. We love you guys so so much. Please stay safe out there. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye, y'all.